and welcome to Before You Go. Today we're talking about the bust of Monsignor Francesco Barberini by Gian Lorenzo Bernini. Before we start, take a second to pull up the piece. You can find it on the National Gallery of Arts website or on Art History Perspectives under the post for the 24th episode. Also, any other works of art that I reference in this podcast will be in that post on the Art History Perspectives website. Once you have the work in front of you, take a deep breath and reflect on this bust. What stands out to you? Do any details catch your eye? What questions do you have? Hold on to those and let's dive on in. So firstly, before I start this episode, I'd like to apologize if you are having difficulty finding this bust in person. If you're listening online or looking at the post, then I'm sure that you found it already. But if you're looking for it in the museum, it may be difficult to find. Uh, Like the Chalice of Abbot Sujet, which we talked about in episode eight, this work is hidden on the ground floor of the museum, which can sometimes be difficult to find. However, this is one of the coolest works that I think the National Gallery of Art has just behind the portrait of Ginevra da Benci, which we talked about in episode two. So I highly recommend trying to find it if you can. If you can't, maybe you just listen to this later on. This bust was made during the Baroque era in 1623 by one of the most well-known Baroque artists, Gian Lorenzo Bernini. And I have to admit, one of my favorite of all time. We have talked about the Italian Baroque and the Northern Baroque before, and if you recall, this movement is characterized by dramaticism, emotion, movement, and above all, attention to light and darkness as parallels. Although this bust may not be the best example of what a Baroque sculpture looks like, other works by this artist, Bernini, are great examples. Such works as Apollo and Daphne, The Rape of Proserpina, and his own version of the David are some of Bernini's best-known Baroque sculptures from this period. Although it's difficult to compare these works to our sculpture for today, this bust is still a great example of Baroque work and a great example of how understated Bernini's talent could be, even though he was known as a dramatic and emotional Baroque artist. Before we get into the Baroque aspects of this bust, there is an interesting story behind this work. This bust was an important part of Bernini's career as he continued to grow in popularity among the important families of Italy, and more specifically Rome. This bust was created after Monsignor Barberini had died. Therefore, it was entirely created from paintings of the Monsignor and descriptions given by his family. So creating this bust was not an easy task, especially since Bernini had never seen this man in person. However, Bernini happily took the task on and completed it flawlessly. The Barberini family was one of the most important Italian families at this point in time, and the most important Barberini was Matteo Barberini, also known as Pope Urban VIII. Pope Urban VIII was a friend of Bernini's before he began his pontificate, but once he was elected as Pope and after the completion of this bust, he solely used Bernini for his artistic pursuits as Pope. This meant that Bernini was commissioned for the Baldacchino and the Chair of St. Peter, which are pieces of the altar at St. Peter's Basilica, as well as the architectural borders for the piazza in front of the basilica. This is all to say that this bust is a marker of the beginning of Bernini's explosive. Visually, this bust does still have elements of the Baroque as it's difficult to separate Bernini from the Baroque movement. Although you may not notice it, at first glance, there is a rhythm to the appearance of Monsignor Barberini. From the way that the shoulders are slightly forward to the shadows in his face, we can see that Bernini has created a realistic representation of the Monsignor while also creating forms that will play with the light and motion of the room. While you're looking at this bust, I do recommend moving back and forth to see the full effect of Bernini's attention to detail. When you move back and forth, you may see different parts of the bust exaggerated by the way that the light falls on it. Bernini did not stray from the realistic details that would characterize the subject of the bust, and these are what make this work feel so much more realistic. Don't be afraid if you stare at it so long that it starts to feel a little bit like a real person. 
It's even more amazing to look at pieces like the beard or the shirt under the cloak. These areas were precisely carved to portray the textures of the hair and the fabric, and that could not have been an easy task. Overall, this bust is an overlooked gem in the collection of the National Gallery of Art because when you sit and really look at it, it's clear how much time, effort, and commitment went into this piece. As a matter of fact, if you have found this piece on the ground floor, the same can be said for all of the sculptures in the room. Take a look around and think about how crazy it is to create something so detailed and precise from just a block of marble. Now, let's take another look at this bust. Take a deep breath and focus on it once again. Does anything stand out more to you now? What do you think about the details of this work? Has it piqued your interest? Before you go, let me share one more fun fact with you. So since I feel like the entire story of this piece is in itself a fun fact, I'll share a quick fact about Bernini that's pretty cool. He was one of 13 children and he was considered a child prodigy. He started his career at the age of eight and during his career he worked for at least four of the most influential families in Rome at the time. And that is it for Before You Go, episode 24, Bust of Monsignor Francesco Barberini by Gian Lorenzo Bernini. I hope you enjoyed, and I can't wait to share The Voyage of Life by Thomas Cole with you next time. 